Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. All right. Today's um, topic is very deep and involving so I need your attention the topic about the blood of Jesus nobody is a master we can talk about it we, can, we cannot explain very well you know <laughs> we can only see what the Bible says and we believe are you with me yeah that's why nobody can tell you this is the exact meaning of ABC, you know. So we talk about the blood and we talk about the forgiveness. Say the blood and forgiveness. The blood and forgiveness. This will liberate you. After, after Wednesday, I had a lot of testimonies, a lot of testimonies, because now people understand how they have redemption how they have redemption and how they are free, you know, because your ignorance is what keeps you under bondage. What you don't know will keep you in bondage. And we must accept, and that's the essence of our Christian life. A lot of people are struggling with their Christian lives, complaining here and there, not trusting the Lord so much. Do you know one of the, the evidence of not trusting God fully means you are under law. It means that you, you, haven't, you haven't accepted grace yet. It means you are still operating in the system of merit. Why don't you trust? Why, why are you still holding on to what you are doing? Because you think when you leave it, you, can, you will not get the result. You think my, my effort, my work, if, if I leave it. But Jesus says, leave it. He says, leave it and rest. I have done it. So, your inability to trust God is a sign that you are under law. And it's a sign that you are under the system of merit. A man that is, because under grace we have rest. In fact, rest is found in grace. The first time grace was mentioned, we saw that grace was with rest. The Bible says, and Noah found grace. And Noah found grace. And Noah, Noah means rest. And rest found grace. And rest found grace. Once you understand this one, you will not be afraid of Satan. You will not be under the dominion. Today you are suffering. 
People make it look like, haven't you realized people make it look like once you come into Christ, that's when your suffering starts. I'm telling you, the reason why a lot of people are not coming is because they've had, they've had words like that. That when I, when I was in the world, things were much okay. But when I came, you know, when I came into Christ and, you know, things have started being difficult. But I, I know, I, I know things will be. I trust God. No. That is not the language a believer should be speaking. It should never be. Never. And I say it again. Never come out of your mouth. In fact, you should never have that kind of experience. No suffering from the day you receive Jesus. And I'm saying that again. No suffering, not even one. You know what the Bible says? The day that shall receive the abundance of grace. They that shall receive the abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. said they shall reign. So the problem is that everybody has received Every born again has received the righteousness of God. But not everybody is receiving so much of grace. Because we, don't, we, we still don't understand what grace is. We only know grace as a greeting. And we know grace as a head knowledge. You see that song you sang? You might sing this song out of head knowledge. But it is not in your heart. And if it is not in your heart, you don't even experience it. See, once you experience grace, eh, the way you dress will change. The way you talk will change. In fact, the way you see yourself will change. Because you know, I am just a different person. Trust me. There's no struggle. There's no battle. When Paul says that, you know, we, we, we suffer with him, it is only for the sake of the gospel, not in normal life. When we preach the gospel, we shall have position because the Antichrist is against Christ. And we go out to preach Christ. Not against your business. Not against your... Look at what the Bible says. He has given you all things that pertain to life. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So when, we are, when the believer is in struggle, he is in struggle because of the gospel. Not because of what he will eat. Not because of the job he's doing. Not because of marriage. Not because of childbirth. Not because of any of these things. No, sir. And that is, where, that is what your understanding of grace must be deep in. So you understand that when it comes to these things, even in the spread of the gospel, you are being persecuted because there's grace in there. Because they are not seeing you. They are seeing Christ. They are not, they are not persecuting you. You know what Jesus said to Saul? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Where was Jesus when Saul was organizing their, their, you know, killing ceremony? Where was Jesus? He was in heaven. And they were, he was organizing. He organized for Stephen to be killed. He was on his way to gather the, the other born against in, you know, uh, Damascus for them to be killed. But Jesus appeared, interrupted his, his, his plan. And look at the statement. He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, me. Because he's going for the born again. What makes them born again? Because they are born of Christ and they are, they are like Christ. And what are they doing there? They are preaching the gospel of Christ. So Paul is going there as an antichrist against Christ. He says, so, so, why persecute, persecutest thou me? Not why are you persecuting the people? So when people are 
persecuting you for the gospel you preach. I'm not saying for the church you go to. <laughs> for the gospel you preach. You, you haven't seen persecution. If somebody says oh, you go to church too much, it's not persecution. No. It's a burden that that person must come to Christ. It's a burden. It's not persecution. You know persecution? That's why you saw so. He was going to organize to be killed. Some said we will not eat for 40 days and 40 nights until we see Paul die or killed. That's persecution. Who has said you are going to church, he will kill you? That's not persecution. So you must understand the place of grace. The Bible says we have access, in whom we have access by faith, into this grace wherein we stand. The believer must know that, first of all, one, you have received grace, one. You stand in grace. You are supplied by grace. Don't always forget, you stand in the place of not merit. You stand in the place where your good and your bad doesn't matter. You stand in the place now where everything you receive and have now is because of Jesus. That is why when you study your Bible, you don't read your Bible to find you. You read your Bible to find Jesus. When you find Jesus in your Bible, you will find yourself. Because you are found in his grace. It's not about you. You know some say, I want to read the Bible so I can live a good life. That's not bad. It's a good intention. But Jesus must be the reason you read your Bible. Because the more you find him, the more you understand grace. And the more you understand grace, the, no, the more you know unmerited favor. Don't let these words get out of your mouth. Unmerited favor, undeserved favor, all earthly blessings. All earthly blessings. That's why I'm saying you cannot struggle. Favor everywhere. The doctors here. We are in the doctors here. The year where favor profusely abound. That's where you are now. So why are you saying you are, you are complaining? The fact that you are still complaining means that you have not embraced grace to the fullest. Because when you embrace, you see, you know grace is in your head. But grace has not entered your heart. When grace enters your heart, you will rest. <laughs> yeah, when grace enters your heart, you will rest. So your job is to meditate. How do you receive abundance of grace? By meditating on the messages of grace. Until the reality of what grace says becomes a an experience in your life. That is when you know that you are receiving. When you are praying, it's in your mouth. Everything you do is about grace. Jesus is, is our worth before God. He is our identity before God. Do you understand that? He is our worth before God. You have no worth. You have no worth. I, I told you on Friday, ransom. <laughs> he purchased you with his life and blood. That was your ransom. So you are worth him. So before God, when God sees you, you are free because of the worth of Christ. So Jesus is my worth. Before God, Jesus is my worth. 
When the father sees you, he sees the worth of Jesus. He doesn't see your personal worth. He doesn't see, no, your good and your, forget about your good things you do. He has no worth. Even gold and silver couldn't buy. Even gold and silver couldn't buy. And see how sin had his grip on us. How death had his grip on us. Huh? How accusations, conscience, guilty conscience had its grip. A lot of people are suffering today in their Christian life. Not because of sin, no. Guilty conscience. That's all. And they are not free from. And I told you, if you have, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, a habit. The way to get free from habit is to embrace grace. Yeah. You don't embrace grace, you will still be in the habit. All right. So we began Ephesians 1, 5, 6, and 7, right? The verse 5 says what? For he predestinated us, uh -huh, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, the good pleasure of his will. Uh-huh, go on. And then to the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein. Don't always forget the meaning of that. Remember the word praise means commendable. So it says, to the praise of the what? The proper estimate of his grace. Which is commendable. In other words, the, 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 the proper estimate of his grace. Is commendable. <laughs> and in that one, we have been accepted in the beloved. Can you see that? That's what it means here. The proper estimate of his what? Of his grace. The proper estimate of his grace. In that is commendable. So, what is the proper estimate of the grace that we are accepted in the beloved? So the, the fact that the born again is accepted in the beloved is a proper estimate of grace. That's what it means. And he said that act is commendable. He calls it the praise. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in the object of his love. And then the verse said, after mentioning the beloved, he said, in whom we have. Now, I was trying to explain this to you. He didn't say you are redeemed. He said you have. Because he's talking to the born again now. It means that you possess. What does he mean? It means that Jesus redeemed you by his blood. When he was done, he gave the redemption to you as an inheritance. You get it now? So you now have. That's the word have. The word have in the Greek means you possess redemption. You, pos you possess automatic redemption. And I explained automatic redemption. Anytime anything wants to bind you, it will be automatically what? Repelled. Remember I said, ah, good riddance. I told you. In other words, it is automatically gotten rid of. Auto See, listen. With this understanding, I tell you, I tell you, you will live a free life. You will live a free life. 
this one told me that explained to me that Satan cannot bind me. Demons can oppress and bind me. In fact, I cannot be under any bondage. We were praying here this dawn and the Spirit of God was, I was meditating on it. And he said to me, don't you realize in the Old Testament, I said every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. And then he said, in your time, when the tongue rises, relax. It is under automatic redundance. No, because the truth is, when some, a tongue rises up against me in, in their homes, how can I know? When you go and hide behind them, you speak against me. How would I know? That's why you should not be worried about what has, what has somebody said. What has, no, 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 no. You know what has been done for you. You are under automatic redundance. Automatically, it is gotten rid of. It doesn't mean they won't try. Because Satan doesn't ac accept these things. That is why you must, you must stand in your place legally. What does that mean? The Bible said the light shined in the darkness and darkness comprehended it not. Correct? Uh-huh. Satan knew Jesus was God. He knew. Yet he kept coming to him. What does it mean? He will still come against your righteousness. He will still come against your freedom. So what do you do? You stand on the grounds of what? Grace. You stand in the grounds of grace. <laughs> because the Bible says you... Oh, yesterday I was looking at it again. He said you have access you have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So my standing is of legality. I receive access by faith. So when Satan arises, I must let him, I must let him know that I stand in the place of grace. What does the place of grace mean? Satan will come to you. Let's look at it. Look at it. You stand in the place of grace. Mommy, Satan will come to you with the, with the thought that you are nobody. Agree with him. Yeah. I am not. That's why it's not about me. Because it's not about me. He is my worth. Jesus, Satan does not accuse Jesus to you. He accuses you to Jesus. You get it now? He does not accuse Jesus to you. He will accuse you to Jesus. In other words, he will also want to touch you. So Jesus will be hurt. So anytime you feel you live under grace, you live below grace, God is not excited about it. Because it is that one that gave him joy. The glorious gospel of the happy God. So the gospel, your grace, your enjoyment of freedom, your enjoyment of favor, your freedom, etc. That is what makes God happy. So when you start living below your freedom, God is not happy. That is why Satan will come against you with condemnation. He will come against your righteousness that you are not worthy. Look at the things you are doing. A believer, how can you do this? And you know this. And he comes to you again. And he knows once he comes, you will lose strength. And when you lose strength, you can't do what you, what you ought to do. So then what happens? He is excited. And God is saying, no. No. Cheer up. That's not it. Receive my grace. Receive my grace. You know what Satan is doing? He's touching on your weakness, your frailty, your, your iniquities. That's what Satan is touching. So you must know so well that it's no longer about it. 
If Satan, this is the tangent you are going, then God said, even in the Old Testament, that my sins and iniquities, he will remember no more. Because when Satan accuses you, please note, he is not accusing you to devils. He is doing that to God. That's what he does. You see, he can't touch you. He can't touch God. But he thinks he can touch God by, by touching you. When I hurt you, God will be hurt. That's how come he's not, he doesn't care if you go to heaven early. He is happy because he's cut one of God's purposes of the earth. So whether you go to heaven or not, he doesn't really care. You get it now? Because his purpose is to reduce God's purposes on earth. You remember you are, you are on earth for God's purpose. So once you go, one of God's purposes is gone. So then God must raise another person to replace you. But you realize that that replacement is not exact. That's why you must not allow the devil to kill you. <laughs> yeah. He said, I will, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Can you see that? So when Satan comes against my righteousness, I don't mind. God has already been merciful. He said, my, my sins and iniquities, are, their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So who are you accusing to? You are accusing me to that judge who pledged. And remember, he swore an oath. He swore by himself before he enshrined the covenant. Because I said there was nobody greater than him. So he swore an oath by himself. Can you see that? Yeah. Are you feeling liberated? Look, keep feeling liberated every day. And Satan's like, why, 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 why? He comes to you and says, look, mommy, you, you are not worthy. You, you, you don't, you, you don't. Let Satan will speak to you, won't send fatter. You say, yes, it's true. I mean, send fatter. You are right. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. I am not my own worth. Yes. I am worth his blood. Yeah. I'm worth his blood. Worth and I'm worth his life. Worth his worth. Jesus is my worth. Oh, Jesus. Jesus is my worth. Jesus. Hey, if you have this in your heart, you fly. I tell you. I tell you. Oh, Jesus. In Ephesians 6 and 7, he began by saying to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein you are accepted. You see, that's how he went about it. Then he said, in whom we have redemption. Then he said the same thing. But this time around, in Colossians 1, 12 and, uh, 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 and 13, in fact, 13 and 14, he said that now the Father has redeemed us. He has delivered us from under the what? The power of darkness. And what did he do? He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then in the verse 14, he said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even by the forgiveness of sin. So you can see that verse 7 and verse 14 are the same. That's how you study you. So if I were you, and I see these two scriptures, I'll write Ephesians, I'll write Colossians, and I'll write the common one, in whom we have redemption. Then when I do, I'll do this. And I'll write to the, praise of his, of the, uh, to, the, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein I am accepted here. I am not under the power of darkness. So you look at the two. 
The two are speaking. I don't know if you can tell. I am accepted. That is the reason why I am not under the power. In other words, anyone that is not accepted in the beloved is still under the power and dominion of darkness. That's what it means. Can you see that? Okay. Steady, 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 steady. Okay. So we are talking about the blood and forgiveness. When I was giving the topic out, forgiveness is not the right word. Forgiveness is not able to explain. How many of you have forgiven people before in your life? Do you remember what you forgive? So, yeah. <laughs> because you remember what you forgive. That is not a physis. That is not what the forgiveness he gave us. Uh-huh. You get it now? But the English can, doesn't have another word for it. So the closest and the best English word was forgiveness. So I was telling them, if I use the Greek word, a lot of people who might see the flyer might not get it. I put it on my status. Somebody came back, please, please, prophet, what is aphesis? So let's talk about the blood and I'll end with, with, with aphesis, forgiveness. Okay? You ready? Yes, sir. On Wednesday, I began to tell you about the blood. Did you enjoy it? Okay, so let's start. So the blood. So I shared with you in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 that when Adam and Eve sinned and the cherubims, before the cherubims came, God came into the garden and the Bible says that and Adam and Eve ran away and hid themselves from God. These two people who already were not ashamed because they were naked, are now naked, and now they are in their own effort looking for something to cover their nakedness. Something has happened. They've lost glory. They've lost the glory. And remember, when they lost glory, the federal head, when they lost the glory, we all lost the glory. So that scripture that says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory he was talking about all who were in Adam. So Paul was trying to say that once upon a time, we're all in Adam. And when he lost the glory, we all lost the glory. Paul understands this federal heads, headship. The headship of Christ and the headship of Adam. He understood it very well. So if you look into the Bible properly, that's how he, he communicates. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, he said, and all who are in Adam die. So he speaks like that. And all who are in Christ, if any man be in Christ, you know, he likes speaking like that, using the federal headship. So you must also understand in that regard. Okay? Okay. So Adam ran away. You know, I love Jesus so much. Love Jesus so much that even when you are coughing, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there are some of you, even when people, um, when you frighten people, hey, hey, Jesus is not your mouth. You've been worshiping God since childhood. Jesus is not your mouth. Hey, hey. Say, Jesus. Jesus. No, it's not a joke. If things like that, the name of Jesus doesn't come out. Please just know that the name is not in your heart. 
That is what it means. You can talk about it. You can sing it. You can teach it. But it's not in your heart. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth must speak. There's some people here, I always laugh at them. And I say, so what if it was something really bad? What would a year year do for you? Sometimes just wake up at dawn. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Like meditate on the name until you realize that the thing has he- I told you, the longest distance is from your head to your heart. Until you have pushed that reality into your heart. So when you say Jesus, you know you have said something. It's not coming from your head. From your head, there's no power. If you doubt. That if you doubt in your heart. Because it's with the heart. That's the core of you. Of you. So you can, you can believe God for something. Which is not even right rendition. So those who like believing God for something. Like you believe God for. We, we know we have. You believe God for something. And then you realize that. Chale, the way the wind is blowing. You are not seeing top. You see that thing? Okay. Now you are allowed to contemplate in your head. Don't let it enter your heart. Let me show you how it enters your heart. The evidence. Your mouth will be saying it. You'll be like, Charlie. No, I've prayed about it too. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's taking time, but I know. That's not faith. Faith means that thing happened. You get it? So that's doubt. Now you know why you are saying it? It's here. It's something you were thinking about. You dropped it. It's better you think about it, but don't let, let this your mouth say it. Keep it in. Keep it in. You see the thing we are doing? You very soon, you'll see the essence. Hmm. So Adam sinned. He lost the glory. All oh, mankind lost the glory. So God came in. And when God came in, remember, the Bible said that the foundations of God's throne are what? Justice and righteousness. So when, and, and whatever, wherever sin is, there must be judgment. So when God came into the garden, he should have judged Adam. Okay? But he didn't do that. So what he did was that, the Bible says that, Unto Adam and also unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Now, God cannot just see a live animal and just take off the skin. The animal must die. And for death to happen, blood must, must be shed. So, the first person that shed blood was God. So, he showed us the typology of forgiveness. And redemption. But it wasn't permanent. Can you see that? Because that shedding of blood still couldn't stop Adam from sweating. Because he forgave Adam according to Adam's own worth. Okay, let me put it this way. Now, Adam's worth has become the worth of the animals. Whatever atones for you becomes your worth. Jesus 
shed his blood for us. So our worth became him. So the bulls and goats, <laughs> whose blood were shed for, became your worth. You get it now? Their ransom was equal to the blood of bulls, goats, and, and all those animals. You get it now? So Adam's worth was the animals that God used. So God shed blood. So right from the garden, we saw blood. We saw blood. He shed blood. And then he used the skin to cover man. And that was a kind of righteousness. Now, God is saying that because blood has been shed on your behalf, it means my justice has been satisfied in a way. And my judgment has been passed because death has taken place. Now, remember I told you that the, the cherubims were standing at the, the east of the garden. And they wouldn't let Adam come in. Because then Adam must now die for himself to be saved. You, you see that? But you see, God did this sacrifice before Adam went out of the garden. Yeah. So he left the garden. I mean, after God has done that one. So the blood mentioned that Adam was dead. So when God saw Adam clothed in the skin... He, he knew that Adam was dead. In fact, the penalty, the sin that he did has been satisfied and judged for that time. So God couldn't kill him. Can you see that? Yes, sir. I'll show you something. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, we saw another blood shed. Two boys sacrificed unto God. One killed another and he died. Then the Bible says the blood cried. The blood cried. The Holy Ghost was giving me the downloads. Let me see if I can, if the download finished. <laughs> now, the blood cried unto God for vengeance because the blood was not satisfying any justice. Because no sin had been committed. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International, contact services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people People are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory, and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed. Oh, oh, oh.